I'm in love with real estate and have learned all the intricacies of, of doing real estate now in 15 different countries and five continents. I think owning a second home is incredible. It's life-changing. It's probably the best thing I ever did for my family. People sometimes, when, when it comes to real estate, they think they're trees and they think they just can't really leave their city where they're planted. I think second homes are our secret for the rich and famous. Your greatest times of your entire life will happen in your second home. 90% of second homes are vacant at any given time. With a co-ownership structure, we can get maybe two families together and they can buy one second home, either for a 50% share or 25% share, or maybe you know a 12.5% share, like a one-eighth share. Most people do not get more than six weeks vacation a year. Six weeks is a tremendous amount of time. If you could buy a million dollar or $2 million second home, and you're only paying one-eighth the cost, but you're still getting six weeks a year, that's incredible. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six- to seven-figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a world-renowned seven-figure thought leader. He is truly, truly one of the experts when it comes to real estate and investing. And now he has created a brand new company, one that is innovative, that is unique, that is powerful. It is called Casaco. And he's here today to share with us the incredible genius innovation and thought leadership that is behind this amazing company. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Roman Bodnerchuk. Welcome to the show, Roman. Hey, Nikki. Uh, thank you so much for, for being uh, on this with me today. Uh, I just love, I love talking to you. I love your energy. I always uh, vibrate differently after any time I spend with you. So thank you so much. Brother, it's a pleasure and it's truly, truly, truly an honor. And I'm excited to have you here. So Roman, you and I, we've known each other for a while. We're simpatico. We share some of the same thoughts and beliefs, but my listener may not have heard of you. And I'll tell you who my listener is and why they're listening to the show. My listener is someone who is a champion for freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. My listener is an entrepreneur. My listener is someone who is looking to have their own vision for entrepreneurship and what they do to make a difference for humanity, be out there in a big and powerful way. And they listen to the show because they want to learn from you. But before they can learn from you, man, they need to get to know you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Roman Bodnerchuk? Um, sure. Um, so I guess I started my business career pretty young. Um, I was 14 years old and I went to a, a, th a three-day uh, real estate seminar. Uh, and, and the guy's still around. This is Raymond Aaron. This is like 38 years ago. Um, and, in, and in a couple of days, I realized, okay, this buying real estate uh, for investment isn't super hard. I think I can figure it out. The hardest part was, the, the well, the most difficult sale of my life was to my parents and my aunt and uncle, because to buy real estate, you've got to be 18 years of age. And when you're 14, you got to find somebody a bit older to do that with you. 
Um, but my first co-ownership deal was with my parents. Uh, we bought a duplex and then converted it into a triplex and I rented them out uh, at much higher rents. And then, and then 90 days later, refinanced it, did it in one next door. So make a long story short, 38 years, done this hundreds of times. Um, I'm in love with real estate and have learned all the intricacies of, of doing real estate now in 15 different countries and five continents. So that's the Reader's Digest, uh, a career in real estate. So it's funny you mentioned Raymond Aaron, but Raymond was the very first guest on this podcast. Uh, we wow. interviewed him uh, in episode number one, and we've had him back a couple of times. And, you know, in a different part of my career, I used to be a top fitness coach. So I was Raymond's fitness coach. And when he was 62 years old, he decided he wanted to do the world's toughest race, which was a foot race to the North Pole uh, from Resolute Bay. Uh, and uh, in the Northwest Territories. And I got to tell you, man, that's a, a heck of a story. I should send you the episode. You should have a listen to it. It's pretty darn cool. So it's uh, funny that you had Raymond Aaron as your first teacher, and he's been the first guest uh, here on the show. Small world, eh? <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've kept in touch with him. And I'll tell you, you know, for a man probably in his 70s now, he's an incredible shape, great relationship, great role model. I mean, there's a lot of speakers that come and go. Uh, specifically, but very few have stood the test of time. But uh, yeah, great admiration for for Raymond, and I absolutely would not have been in business as as young as I was without his uh, his coaching, his mentorship. So I realize the value in getting a good coach as well. You know, that's very powerful. I think that's like kind of the number one piece of wisdom that someone can get from listening to you speak is the value of having a great coach and getting started. So, Roman, you. You got into real estate. You created some success for yourself. You were a thought leader that went around the globe. You told me at one point you were speaking like 200 days a year on the road to, to build your expertise and to build your thought leadership. And now you've come up with the concept um, of Casico. So tell us, you know, why Casico? Why now? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I was very fortunate in my career in my mid, mid 40s, didn't have to work um, anymore uh, and just do things that I want to do. So I was very fortunate to be in that position. So believe me, I was not looking for a new business to start. Um, had a very successful business for 25 years um, and, and didn't need to do any more. But when I heard about um, a structure, a co-ownership structure that made all the sense in the world to me, um, in owning a second home. So what happened, Nikki, is I'd owned a few second homes over the years. I turned 30, I got my first one, and we ended up with this really big cottage in Muskoka, another property uh, in, in uh, Blue Mountain, which is a ski destination. Um, and then ended up with some vacation also properties in, in Phoenix and in Florida. So I ended up with a bunch of properties. And, and here's what really happens. A, you never use them as much as you think you're going to use them. And then B, when you try to rent them, you realize you're signing up for a part-time job. So it's, it's a tremendous amount of work. Um, so I went through that experience. So when I, when I heard about a new co-ownership uh, legal structure, I thought, oh my gosh, this solves all of the problems that I personally you know, went through for you know, 15 years. So I got really, really excited and then uh, decided to start a, a new company called Casico, which is really solving this second home uh, challenge. Because uh, I think I think owning a second home is incredible. It's life-changing. It's probably the best thing I ever did for my family. Um, but financially, it's, it's difficult. And then um, keeping these properties well-maintained is super hard because they're never you know, close to where you live. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. 
Okay, so let's talk about this. So who wants to buy a second home? Why do people buy second homes in the first place, right? Because I think that's an important thing to, to explore for a moment. Well, I, I think it's a secret that the top 1% of the, of the world keeps from us. So right now, when you look at the ownership of, of the, you know, the 110 million vacation homes, second homes around the world, they're basically owned by the 1% of the, of the population. And the reason they own them is the following. It's great to travel. It's great to go to resorts and hotels, but hauling all your stuff is a pain in the butt. When you go to a hotel, for example, they're usually pretty cramped. They don't have like the big kitchen you have at home or, you know, big living room, big dining room, et cetera. And then when you add kids to it, it becomes, I don't want to say the word nightmare, but it becomes very difficult when you're sharing a hotel room, even if it's, even if it's a two bedroom suite, um, it's very difficult to travel for, for, for more than a week uh, with family. Um, and today, uh, after pandemic, all of us are now traveling more and more with extended family and friends. It's become the, the way we travel now. So hotels really aren't, aren't doing us justice that way. So I think a second home, the reason the 1% have had them uh, forever is it's just, a, it's just a better experience. You know, you show up at your second home, all your stuff is there, you know where everything is, you can just relax uh, and you've got space. So I think second homes are, are kind of been a secret for the rich and famous um, and they become incredibly unaffordable. Just to give you an example, in the last couple of years uh, in the pandemic, you know, most of them are up between 50 and 100%. So they were already unaffordable. So now they become even more uh, unaffordable for most people. So, you know, we've got a new way to make second home ownership much more affordable uh, without all the hassle. Okay. So there's 110 million second homes around the world. I didn't know that. That's a, that's a big number. And a lot of folks um, who are wealthier buy second homes because a, it's a good investment. B, it's simpler and easier than traveling everywhere in resorts all the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, C, it's, um, it's really just a cool, fun thing to be able to have additional property, right? Uh, for yourself, for your family and all that other good stuff. But there's a number of issues with buying a second home. And there's a few that you and I had talked about separately in another conversation. Here's our kind of four of the four of the big issues that you brought up that people have when it comes to wanting to buy a second home. I mean, a lot of people will go, yeah, it's a good idea. But number one is, I don't know if I can afford it. Cost of ownership's high, right? So let's start with that one. I don't know if I can afford it. Cost of ownership's really high. So what do you say to that? Like if someone wants to buy a well, second home, but they can't afford it or they think they can't afford it. Yeah, I mean it's true. So second homes are are are, are expensive. They're expensive to purchase. They're also expensive to run, uh, and because the home, generally speaking, is not anywhere close to your your principal home, um, trying to manage properties remotely is super difficult. Uh, anyone that's a homeowner understands how difficult it is just to do basic things, whether you know you're calling a roofer or a landscaper or someone that to to shovel the snow or pest control or you know all the million things that go wrong in a home. That's hard enough when it's your primary residence, uh, and you're let's say you're in a big city. Now imagine your second home is in a remote area which maybe doesn't have any plumbers or electricians or HVAC people, you know, it's just, just difficult to find people. Uh, and then trying to, to do all of that remotely, um, it's super difficult. But I'll tell you why, first of all, and I want to maybe do a better job answering your first question, your greatest memories in life, 
your greatest times of your entire life will happen in your second home. I know this for a fact. The greatest rekindling of of your relationship with your significant other, the greatest times that you'll have with your children, your grandchildren, your friends will be at your second home. So let me make this clear. All of this heartache and and, and difficulty, it's going to be worth it. Um, But what I want to share with everyone is is there's an easier way. So first of all, co-ownership. So the reason co-ownership makes so much sense uh, in second homes is the following. 90% of second homes are vacant at any given time. So what that means is the average second home user only uses that second home less than 30 days per year. So think about friends and family that you you know that have second homes. So if it's a summer destination, they probably spend their 30 days in the summer. If it's in the winter, they'll use it in the winter. Uh, But very rarely do people use it all year round. So you've got these 110 million homes sitting vacant uh, 90% of the time, which makes zero sense for anybody. And if you really care about the environment and sustainable and the sustainable future, having these homes that are, you know, either air conditioned or cooled or heated and run all year round is the greatest waste of, of our environmental resources. So number one, not only is it expensive, it doesn't make any, any financial sense. So how can we solve the problem? Number one, with a co ownership structure, we can get maybe two families together and they can buy one second home. Because the reality is each family probably is not going to use that property more than 24 weeks a year as an example. Or let's say it's someone that wants to use it even less. Maybe they want to uh, purchase a quarter of that home and then three quarters of that home could be owned by three other families. So now you've got four families, let's say they're using it on average 12 weeks per year, this is much more aligned with the way second homes are being used today. So again, even when somebody owns 100% of a second home, they're using it less than 10% of the time. So again, keeping that expense up and, 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 and the worrying about it 365 days a year doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So getting a partner either for a 50% share or 25% share, or maybe, you know, a 12.5% share, like a one-eighth share, which makes a lot, a lot more sense. So to give you one last example is if you just bought one-eighth of a, of a second home, that's six weeks per year. Nikki, most people do not get more than six weeks vacation a year. Six weeks is a tremendous amount of time. So mm-hmm. if you think about that, if you could buy a million-dollar or two-million-dollar second home, and you're only paying one-eighth the cost, but you're still getting six weeks a year... That's incredible because you're only paying one eighth of the operating costs as well. But again, six weeks is a lot of time in a second home. So let's say you're buying a um, a million dollar home, right? And you've already got your own uh, additional home. And let's say you wanted another home, but the bank doesn't give you the mortgage, right? They're saying, now you're already pretty leveraged or, you know, you're self-employed or you live in Canada and Justin Trudeau is your prime minister, which means that he's making it more restrictive for you to get a mortgage for a second home, even a first home for that matter. So what you're saying is this makes it possible for you to get the same usage as if you own the home outright. Um, But instead of owning the home outright, you own it with a bunch of other people. You get the exact same usage for half the price, a quarter of the price or an eighth of the price. Correct. And you still have the benefit of ownership. So right now, most people are familiar with commercial real estate. So in commercial real estate, virtually all commercial buildings are owned by a corporation. 
And the vast majority of those corporations that own those uh, commercial buildings, they typically have more than one shareholder. So there's a shareholder agreement and, and people decide to come together. Hey, let's buy this investment property. Here's how we're going to manage it. Uh, and they put maybe a shareholders agreement together. But generally speaking, trillions upon trillions of dollars of commercial real estate every single year is bought and sold in the same structure we, we use. So what we're doing is we're buying a single family home. It's not a condo. It's not It's not uh, you know, a hotel room in some resort. This is a single family home. It's a single family property. And we buy it in a corporation, uh, just like you know any other corporation that you'd be familiar with. In the US, they call it an LLC. Uh, you know, in Ontario or Canada, it could be a federal company, it could be a provincial company, but it's, it's a corporation. And we have a very clearly defined shareholders agreement and a very clearly defined operating agreement. So everybody knows what happens with this. So for example, if you bought one eighth ownership, you know that you own 12.5% of that asset. You know that you get six weeks per year and our company, Casico, manages it. So if you have any issues, you can just send uh, Casico a message. Hey, you know, can you fix this? Can you repair this? So you don't have to talk to your partners about um, repair issues, maintenance issues, calendaring issues. All that's a run by our company. Um, but essentially you have 12.5% interest, which is one eighth ownership. Um, you get all of the fun parts of owning a second home without any of the hassles. Okay. So that was the second thing you talked about, which is a hassle, right? It's a hassle to own a property in a city that you don't live in, right? It's a hassle to you know, make sure that uh, you winterize it, make sure that you summarize it, depending on when, when you're there and not there. It's a hassle to deal with any breakdowns. It's just, it's just a hassle if a varmint breaks in and, you know, wrecks the place and you haven't been there six weeks later, you come in there, the whole place has been torn apart because some varmint got into the, to the property. So what you're saying is this is one thing that takes that hassle away. So you can own a second home, you can pay a half, a quarter, an eighth, of what you would normally pay and hassles are kind of taken away. It's a hassle-free experience. It's almost like a hotel or resort experience, but with the benefits of ownership, right? Correct. Correct. And anyone that's owned a second home before knows of, of the hassles that I'm speaking of. Um, it's not uncommon uh, for most insurance policies. We'll have the, you know, a clause that says something like this. All year round, 365 days a year, your insurance company uh, that's, that is maintaining a policy in your second home, they expect that you or, or one of your representatives will actually go to that property every four days to inspect it. Now, if you or one of your representatives does not go to that home every four days to inspect it, this is year round, guess what happens? If that property burns down, if there's a water leak, damage, whatever happens, your insurance company does not have to cover you for that. Most people don't even realize this is this is part of their, their insurance policy. So there's a whole bunch of reasons why you want a professional management of that second home from an insurance perspective is one. Secondly, when you speak to a real estate attorney, they will almost unanimously tell you that owning a second home, not your primary residence, it's best to do that in a corporate structure. For example, let's say you had friends over, somebody uh, had an accident. I don't know. Things can happen in a second home. Maybe they drank too much and they fell off a balcony or they drowned in, in the lake. Anything can happen. Well, you are held completely liable in that situation unless it's in a corporation. So all of your real estate tax lawyers will tell you the best thing you could possibly do is structure that second home purchase in a corporation. 
Then when you talk to virtually any um, specialist, any accounting specialist, when it specifically for real estate, and you ask them, how should I structure my second home? Virtually across the board, they'll tell you it should be in a corporation. There's all kinds of tax benefits. There's depreciation. There's all kinds of things you can do in a corporation you can't do in your personal name. So to summarize, not only do you need professional management, you're going to want have you know professional legal advice, professional accounting advice. The challenge is if you're just looking to have a second home, the last thing you want to do is like, oh, great. Now I got to find a lawyer. I got to find an accountant. I got to find a property management firm to do all this stuff. You're not looking for a part-time job. You're looking to, to get away and have the greatest moments of your life with your family. So it's another reason that this co-ownership model, this fully managed co-ownership model makes so much sense for most people. So A, reduce the cost of ownership. Like the cost of ownership is an issue. B, no hassles. Uh, in terms of anything going wrong and C or B, B1, no hassles in terms of anything going wrong physically with the estate and B2, no hassles in case of needing to have, you know, some, some sort of professional team to help you manage your investment. All that's handled. Okay. So those are really, really good. Now, what if you want to, you know, what if you're a Canadian, you want to buy a home in the U S like a Florida property or something like that, or maybe you're an American in in Wisconsin and you want to buy a property in Alberta or something in a cabin. So what about that? How would it work for somebody like that? Why is it a better idea to be in a second home structure like Costco's versus, you know, just buying a house in a foreign country yourself? It's a great question. You know, a lot of people have a dream to own a second home in a different province, different state, different country. And some of us even dream of owning places in countries that, you know, English isn't the primary language. So imagine owning a place in Costa Rica or Portugal or Mexico or Italy. You know, these are dreams for a lot of people that are super hard to execute. So let's talk about U.S. Uh, let's talk about Canada, U.S., because that's the easiest one. Um, but it's not easy. So when you buy a property in the United States, there's a whole bunch of different rules and every state's different. So for example, in Florida, they have very different real estate laws than they do in, for example, in Arizona. So you're going to need a U.S. real estate attorney that's specialized in Florida to give you the right advice, as well as a specific U.S. mortgage broker that's going to help you or, or a, a lender in, in the state of Florida, because even though Canada and U.S. are great trading partners, it doesn't work that way when you're trying to get a mortgage. Uh, for example, if you don't have a U.S., uh, if you're not a report on any U.S. credit agencies, you're going to have a super hard time. So unless you've already been working in the U.S., done business in the U.S., uh, you've got a great social uh, security number in the U.S. that they can check your credit status, you're going to have a really hard time getting that mortgage. And then if you do get a, a mortgage in the US, now you're paying a much higher rate because you're a foreigner. So these are all things that you're going to learn uh, after about 100 hours talking to US attorneys, US accountants, uh, US real estate agents that most of them don't even know how to do this. Um, that's step one. When you go to sell the property, all of a sudden that Again, we're going to use the state of Florida as an example. They're going to charge you like a 15% withholding tax, which is super hard to get back. I have a friend of mine I just spoke to you recently. He sold his second home. He's Canadian, sold his second home uh, in Utah years ago. He's still trying to get his 15% uh, back. So there's a bunch of complexities when you're just dealing with in Canada and the US. Now, if you expand that into another country like Costa Rica, 
uh, where everything's Spanish and all contracts have to be in Spanish, or Mexico, where it's all Spanish and all the contracts have to be in Spanish and the laws are different, uh, or Italy or Portugal, you know, you're adding more complexity. So I think owning real estate in other jurisdictions is super smart. As a matter of fact, I think it's the best thing you could do to diversify your real estate assets, but none of this stuff is easy. And that's why working with a company that specializes in this um, is really your best, uh, is really the easiest way to do it. So look, here's the thing, right? We have a, a situation where a lot of people today are unsure of what's going on in the world. Like we had a pandemic for two years, seems to be over, but there's still a little bit of a, a hangover from it. Uh, people are uncertain what's going to happen with the economy. There's massive inflation right now because of the policies being uh, promulgated out of the United States uh, and the, the, uh, the, the government in the White House these days. People just feel weird and unsure. So here's the thing I want to ask you right now, right? And never mind Casico per se, but why does it make sense now for people to look at real estate in your opinion? So coming, you know, after two and a half years of these insane rules and lockdown, just crazy stuff our governments came up with, um, should have been our wake-up call to understand that there is no safety. I'm just going to talk from a Canadian perspective. Um, so when you saw the government start seizing people's bank accounts because they went to a protest or seizing people's bank accounts uh, and all their assets when they donated to people that were protesting, um, when you saw government start censoring our social media, um, when you see the war that um, the government is 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 um, is creating against uh, real estate owners in major cities. I mean, you need you need to kind of wake up and go, hmm. Well, what if I owned property during the pandemic in Florida, as an example? Well, if you had a property in Florida during the pandemic, when you went to to Florida, you didn't even realize there was a pandemic. I mean, for two and a half years, you didn't see people wearing masks. Um, you didn't have all these incredible rules. Um, it was amazing. And, and that's a state where it has more elderly people than anywhere else on the continent. And if you look at statistically speaking, we had the same percentage death as, as, as other, you know, other, other cities and states that had very, very draconian rules. So number one, as, as a person of freedom, you've got to look at, okay, in the two and a half years, what places did people have freedom? So Florida is one example, Texas, another um, but also entire countries like Mexico had freedom. Entire countries like Costa Rica had freedom. Uh, countries like Portugal had freedom. So I think as an entrepreneur, and if you if mm. you want the best for your family, if you think that this will never happen again, like you're delusional. The government's already telling us, oh, get ready for fall. All these rules can come back. We need to look at alternate uh, alternate places to live and to own real estate. Mm. And secondly, when you think about these alternate places to live, um, you want to have the best accountants, the best attorneys. You want to have the best property managements, professional people. This is all they do on your side. You don't want to go into this, you know, maybe you love vacationing in, I don't know, uh, Cabo San Lucas, but you have no clue who the best uh, property managers are, who the best attorneys are, who the best accountants are. So 
all of there's a huge learning curve. So working with a company like ours gives you freedom. And now you can take some of uh, your real estate assets and invest them in different jurisdictions and different areas, uh, which I actually believe are going to hold up much, much better. For example, in Canada, we have the most overpriced um, real estate on planet Earth. I mean, this isn't according to me. This is pretty much any economic study How done in the last five years. I'll show you that. Yeah. So when Toronto real estate becomes more expensive than Manhattan, that should be your wake up call. You know, yeah. we don't have <laughs> 9 million people on an island. Um, you know, <laughs> we don't have that kind of scarcity. Nine million people, you know, on one little island. This is very different in Toronto. So when when the when the cost per foot of real estate exceeds Manhattan or Los Angeles, you got to go. Hmm, maybe I should diversify some of my my real estate assets, and maybe this is a, a turnkey way to do it. So, absolutely, if you care about freedom. Uh, and you want to think about protecting your family and the fact that we can work from anywhere these days. Um, isn't it much more fun to work in, in a beautiful place that's, that feels more like paradise than a place that feels like an outdoor prison? I mean, that's what it was like for me in Toronto. I felt like I was in an outdoor prison for two years. It was awful. You're not the only one who felt that way, brother. I mean, a lot of us felt that way. There were times where I felt that way myself. Um, I have teenage sons. They didn't get it. You know, they're like going, dad, what's going on here? Uh, you know, they had some friends who uh, they hung out with for the majority of the two years. We knew nobody who had COVID. I myself got COVID in late November of 2021. It was bad, but not bad enough to put me in the hospital. Just I was sick. I, I had no energy, uh, but I got better. And, you know, after I recovered from it, whole bunch of other people around me got COVID too. And I was around them unknowingly. I didn't get it again. And I thought to myself, okay, this is crazy. They just shut down the world on a pretext. And it was all about having people have power for themselves, arrogating power, taking it away from regular people. And the reason I'm asking this question is because look, it, yeah, I think what you're doing is super cool. I think Casico is an idea whose time has come. And I really believe that as, a, as an investment vehicle, there's a lot of people who want to invest or are trying to find ways to invest. And it just, it's, it, it's becoming more difficult for them just to be an investor. You know what I mean? I can see people getting involved in this who are like, okay, it's a bonus that I'll get to use this, but I just want to own some property. I want to own something other than my main residence, right? That I think is going to go up in value. And it seems to me that, what you're saying is this gives you a chance to be able to get out from underneath an oppressive government if that oppressive government decides to oppress you again. This is a chance for you to make some incredible memories with your, with your loved ones. This is a chance to rekindle romance. This is a chance to create priceless childhood memories for your children. And it seems to me that you're also saying this is a chance to invest where the option of investing is slipping away from a lot of people because of these ridiculous, restrictive inflation, not excuse me, inflation and mortgage rules in a country like Canada, but, but also because of the inflation that's hit us, investing in real estate is almost becoming like a bad, uh, a, a bad nightmare for people. It's impossible, a lot of people are thinking, but you're saying it doesn't have to be that way. You're saying you can have the ability to get out from oppressive government. You can have the ability to create these amazing memories for yourself and the people you love, and you can invest for real. You can invest in something 
Uh, and it's something that you are going to feel good about doing if you look at this innovative way of doing it that Casico represents. Am I, am I saying this right? Or, or am I? No, you're, you're hundred, you're hundred percent right. Because right. What happens is people sometimes when, when it comes to real estate, they think they're trees and they think they just can't really leave their, 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 that, that city where they're planted uh, and and having all of your real estate assets in one city is pretty much the worst financial investment you can make. All real estate goes through cycles. So for example, the last time we had a cycle in Toronto, for example, is 1989. If you'd bought the peak in 89, took you 13 years to get your money back. Uh, we're going through something years. right now. We are, That's are crazy. Yeah, 13 years. In in the U.S., where I spent I spent five years living there, I, I watched. We went from the peak to all of a sudden when that when that when the market changed. To this day, there are a lot of homes that still, fifteen years later, have not hit their their um, last value from the peak. Somehow, some homes have, but some haven't. This is almost fifteen years later. So understand. So imagine you live in a city, which has hasn't had maybe you know a, a cycle for twenty years. And you and you really think that over the next 10 years or 20 years, it's not going to have a down cycle? I believe that down cycle has already happened. And these down cycles are not short. It's not like a, um, a stock market correction, which is a few months, it falls 20, 30%, and then it rebounds. Real estate doesn't work that way. All real estate cycles are very, very long and painful. So if you have, if you're able to to refinance or sell something at these really high values, and you can invest that money into countries or areas that your money goes so much further. So for example, in Mexico, we can, you know, we have properties on our website, casco.realty, that you could never imagine buying that for three or $4 million in Canada or the US um, that are a million dollars. And again, a fraction of that might be $125,000 or $150,000. Same with Costa Rica, like your money goes so much further in other markets. So this is a, a very short window of opportunity that people have to take um, overvalued assets in some countries that you know their prices are crazy high and reinvest that capital into, into properties that are much, much, uh, a much better value and are completely managed for them. So that's, yeah. So I do think it's a very unique opportunity. And if, and if you want to look at how countries handle the pandemic, uh, and the countries that didn't take our human rights and, and all of our freedoms away. I mean, yeah, I think this is this is seriously what people should be looking at. And again, in the U.S., we know the states that did that. And I can tell you for a fact, because I spent hundreds of days in Mexico and in Costa Rica during the pandemic, and it was incredible. They didn't they didn't strip everyone of their human rights and their dignities, and it was amazing. So I do think that people should absolutely look at this as an amazing opportunity. So, in a nutshell, uh, Roman, Casico represents a very innovative way to invest in real estate. It allows you to buy a second property for between one-half and one-eighth the conventional price. You can enjoy that property for yourself and your family. You can make great memories. You can look at it as an investment that's going to appreciate you can look at it as something that can stay in your family because it's done in a corporate structure. And if you do that right, you don't have to you know, worry about the government and probate and things like that, taking that value away from you. And best of all, you can do it in such a way where you don't have to have a second job 
being a property manager, you can just invest in it like in a turnkey fashion. And then not, not to say forget about it, but, but really not have to dwell on, oh my God, did you know, pipe burst and do I have to go fix it? Or uh, do I need to call the lawyer about X, Y, and Z tax thing that's happening in that jurisdiction and not? Basically, it's a really elegant, clean way for you to own property. And given what's been going on in the world the last few years, it's a way to safeguard yourself against government oppression uh, should it rear its ugly head again, which frankly, it very well might. Yeah, we, we all learned our lesson. Thing, things that happened to us last couple of years we thought would never happen in these free countries. Well, it did. Um, let's not make that mistake a second time. Uh, but you're totally right. I love how you summarize that, Nikki. I think if anyone has, you know, $125,000 or $150,000 and they've ever dreamt about owning a second home, this is your chance. Um, and you can do it in, in some of the most spectacular places, you know, on earth. And if you decide to sell it a year from now, you can do that. If you decide that you can't use your whole six weeks or 12 weeks, we have a network of 14,000 other second homes that you can you can exchange with as well. So even though you own one asset, uh, you can actually share um, and, and go and see other properties in 98 different countries. So it has some amazing benefits that just a typical, you know, buying that second home on your own doesn't have. So yeah, there's a lot of benefits to it, but I understand there's a lot of new things for people. Um, but I would suggest if people have, have a few minutes to take a look at casico.realty, where a lot of their questions will be answered and they, and they can start seeing some of the nicest uh, second homes in the world. You know, what's interesting to me is you said 125,000, but honestly, it doesn't even need to be as much as that, right? If someone's even got like $50,000, that might work in certain jurisdictions and they could, they could, they could say I got $50,000 and I can borrow another $50,000 or something like that. So that's pretty amazing. That's, that's pretty that's amazing true. that that can happen. Okay. So look, um, say the website one more time for people to be able to go check. Yeah. Casa Co. So C-A-S-A. So like Casa and then Co. C-O. So Casa Co. Dot Realty is, is the website. And um, you're going to see um, some of our um, first um, homes now in Canada, US, Costa Rica, Mexico. Uh, and very soon we'll be adding some in Portugal as well. Okay. So those are the, some of the properties that are available for people to check out. And so listener, hey, listen, if you've been thinking to yourself, I need to get invested in real estate, but I have no idea how to do it, just given the way prices are, well, here's a way. So make sure you go to casico.realty and you check it out. Um, and uh, Roman, if they want to you know, engage with you, ask you questions directly or anything like that, or are you making yourself available for that? Yeah, no, I'd love to speak. Look. You know, a second home is really important, and a lot there's a lot of things that might come up. Happy to speak to anyone. Uh, obviously, this is your audience, so so these are these are people that 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 know you well. Um, so any friend of yours, Nikki's a friend of mine. Uh, my email is Roman at Casico.realty. Okay, great. So we're gonna put that in there as well. So Roman, we end off each and every single episode by doing something a little different. And I actually learned this from the great Raymond Aaron, and it's we want you to give your three best pieces of advice. So if my listener is a business owner, what are your three best pieces of business or life advice that you believe if they take them on, they're going to take their business or life to the next level? So what do you say? Okay. So the three pieces of advice, I would say, number one, invest more in yourself than your business. 
I found that your greatest constraints, your greatest restrictions, your business are you. So if you invest the time and energy and resources in yourself, your business will follow. So you're just, you're going to expand your business. Um, that would be number one. Um, number two, I would say that there are no more excuses. I mean, you know, Nikki, I think we're similar age. You know, do you remember before we had Google, like we had to go to the library, yep. uh, but now I can learn anything in minutes on YouTube in minutes, just by Googling it. I mean, there's not, there's, there's absolutely zero reason that you couldn't become an expert in anything within hours. So, so that excuse is gone. So, you know, I think we need to use the tools instead of wasting our time on nonsense and a lot of social media nonsense that we do, uh, investing our time in learning uh, new skills, because skills are the key thing that we need to, we need to acquire as business owners and as business people. You can learn those skills on channels like YouTube uh, and Google for free. Um, the third one I would say is invest um, invest in, 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 in things that are going to change your life. And in my experience, a second home has had the most profound impact on my life and my family's life. You know, I've been fortunate to buy all kinds of crazy things, but the second home was the most valuable investment I made, not just financially, the most valuable investment um, in the relationships uh, with all my loved ones. So I would say that would be my third piece of advice. Those are three excellent uh, expert action steps. I really like them. I, I believe strongly in investing in yourself, obviously, given the business that I'm in. If you don't invest in yourself, you're the most important asset in your business. So I wholeheartedly agree that that is the best investment you can make in the success of your business. And yeah, you're right. There are no more excuses. If there's a skill you want to learn, you can learn it. And if you go on YouTube, you can at least get a rudimentary understanding of it pretty much for free. You don't have to go buy an expensive program. You can if you want to be the greatest person that ever lived in that particular area. But if you just want a rudimentary understanding of anything, it's available for free. And invest in the things that will change your life. I, I think that's very powerful too, you know. I can totally see that investing in something like a second home or, or, or frankly, anything else that is potentially transformative for you is a good investment. And um, Roman, I got to tell you, I'm really, really glad that you came on the show and shared all this with us. I'm excited that you're developing this concept. I think this is going to blow up in Canada. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad to be a part of helping you get, get the word out to as many people as possible. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate your show. So important for so many people. And I appreciate all, all your hard work and everything that you do every day. God bless you, man. God bless you. So listener, Roman Bodnichuk is the real deal. So go to his website, casico.realty. Check things out. If you're serious, uh, send him an email. Like he's making himself available. Not everybody does this, but I had an inkling Roman would. So take advantage of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be one of these scared people who listens and goes, nah, he doesn't really mean it. I'm not going to do it. Don't be that guy or gal. He means it. He's for real. He wants you to get in touch with him. So send him that email and make sure that you engage in a deep conversation. And if you got a friend who's kind of like you, who's an entrepreneur and who's thinking, I'd love to, to find a way to invest in some additional property other than my own home, then you may want to share this episode with them. You know, you may want to say, Hey, check out this, this crazy guy, Nikki Baloo that I listened to and check out his guest, Roman Bodnichuk. He's got a really cool concept that makes it possible for you to invest with as little as an eighth of what you thought you might need to come up with, which means you can actually come up with it rather than it's a pipe dream that you'll never be able to realize. So make sure that you do all that. And 
If you want to find out more about Roman, just go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you're interested in, frankly, your own business and taking it to another level, then go to eCircleAcademy.com. We've got a whole bunch of free resources there. You know, there's a free report on how to grow your, your, your practice to a million dollars a year. Take advantage of that. And if you're interested in seriously changing things from how they are today, you can jump on what I call a success call. That basically is a one-on-one call with none other than moi. And I'll have an honest conversation with you, okay, about where you're at, where you want to be. And if you're serious, and I mean serious about taking action now to change things, not like you think it's a good idea and maybe someday, but serious about now, then click on that button, fill out the application. The application is just there to make sure you're serious. And I'll do that for you. Absolutely free of charge. All right. Roman, thanks for coming on the show, brother. It was really great to have Thank you. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Roman Bodnerchuk. Go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes or wherever you happen to listen to this podcast episode and share the message with one person in your life that you know could benefit from this. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.